Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Hey, hello everybody and welcome back to uh, Ask the Trucker Live. I'm Alan Smith along with Donna and uh, thanks for joining in on tonight's open forum called ELD's Driver Wages and the Washington, D.C. protest. Today is Saturday, September 30th, 2017. And we are but just a few days away from the Washington, D.C. protests coordinated by two major groups on Facebook, the ELD or ME group and the Operations Black and Blue group. And, Donna, when I say we're just a few days away, it's Tuesday, right? Right, the 3rd. And that will be going from the 3rd to the 8th for the um, Operation Black and Blue and the 3rd to the 7th, I think, for the ELD or ME. So it is just right around the corner. Now, the, the main purpose of the protest are the concerns of overregulation of the federal government, which uh, is targeting, they believe, towards the professional CDL drivers. The electronic logging device has triggered this protest as it's, as, uh, it's set to take effect December 18th of this year. So there's many reasons drivers are protest, protesting the ELD, which, by the way, is a tool to enforce the hours of service regulation, but the ELD is taking center stage in Washington, D.C. So what about the HOS? I mean, for many years, drivers, they've had their grievances about the HOS rule, but on a paper log, they could make minor changes to make it work for them, so to speak. So here's an example. You're running out of hours, and you can't find a parking spot, so... You keep driving until you do, so you don't have to park on the shoulder. You know, it's a common sense solution. Another example could be that you're 20 miles from home and you run out of hours. So do you stop for 10 or just keep going and just make your logs work after you get home? So there's many, many examples like this. With the ELD mandate, the ability for a driver to make common sense decisions kind of come to a stop. So there's other reasons that... I mean, a lot of drivers are strongly against the ELDs. Privacy is a main concern, and uh, because, I mean, the ELD knows where you are at at all time. I mean, technically speaking, it knows where the truck is at all time, whether you're on or off duty. Now, the Owner-Operator Independent Drivers Association, OIDA, contends that a mandate to electronically track commercial truck drivers was never about safety, and that the government was never able to demonstrate how such a mandate would improve safety. So OIDA says mandating electronic logging devices, the ELDs, is the equivalent of warrantless surveillance of truckers, and that the government's weak excuses for doing so 
fail to justify, justify uh, violating their Fourth Amendment's rights. So then we have those of us who feel like we don't need to be told when we're tired or even when we should be tired. And, and then you have those who are tired and need to stop, but they're told by their dispatcher, well, you've got, you still have another two hours you can drive, so keep going. Or how about those ELDs that will tell you that you took a hard break, meaning slamming on the brakes too hard, or when you know you were getting out of the way of a four-wheeler that cuts you off, but the, but the little machine doesn't say that. It just sends a signal saying you just did a hard break. Then there's a trucker wage argument. And by logging all time legally, drivers believe that their wages have been and will continue to be reduced. But why is that? We'll get into that a little more, but I'll say this. If drivers were paid for all their time, including waiting time and non-driving work, I just wonder if they would feel the need to fix their logs. The problem is that most drivers only get paid by the mile, and when obstacles arise which prevent them from getting those miles, they feel the need to create more time on their logs, fudging their logs to be able to drive more. So the question for this group, for these groups tonight, is if you were paid for all time, meaning an hourly rate relative to your CPM plus your CPM, would you be so concerned about the ELD? I'm just curious for your response. And there is one more thing I want to throw in here. Presently, there is a provision. I call it the anti-trucker wage provision. There's a couple of them, and you've heard me talk about it many times, but the brief on, this, on it is this. Legally, if the provision is passed in the FAA and THUD bills, motor carriers will only have to pay you for your miles driven, nothing more. No matter how many hours you wait or do, a not driving task, we can talk more about this tonight if time allows, you're only going to get paid by the mile. So which brings me to one more point I want to make. If drivers do end up logging all their time legally, and by that I also mean logging while you're waiting for many hours at a ship or a receiver like we all know we do, we put it on line four, on driving, on duty, not driving, instead of sleep or birth or off duty, how would that affect the industry? I know how it would affect our paychecks, but how well do you think the motor carriers are going to receive that? Now, most, most of the carriers, they tell their drivers to log as off-duty. And I, I, of course they do, so you can work more hours for free. The trucking industry itself has estimated that drivers work over their 60 or 70 hours uh, a week, an extra 30 to 4 hours a week, actually, and that's free time given to the motor carrier. And here's the justification, the driver logic to do that. They say, I only, want, I only get paid for my miles driven, so it benefits me too. But me personally, I call it justification brainwashing. So I, I ask drivers, if you were paid for all your time, a fair hourly plus CPM, would you be as much against the ELDs? I'm just curious. And for all owner-operators listening, when company drivers are paid for detention time, you will be also. So will rates go up? Yeah, probably, but one thing is for sure, if everyone is driving legally, not creating more hours and giving away free labor, more trucks will be needed. It's a, it's a matter of supply and demand, in my opinion. So that's just a few of my thoughts tonight, and I have more, but I really want to hear from our callers, the drivers. And let me, let me be clear. I might be sending some different signals here. Am I for the ELD? No, no way am I for the ELD. I mean, I've, I've been there, I've done that, and it's, 
it's not a good idea. So let me put that out there first. These are just some thoughts I'm throwing out, maybe help the show along. And I see a lot of a lot of people online appreciate it. But if you'd like to be a part of the show, the number to call in tonight is 347-826-9170. And we're, we are anticipating the administrators of the groups ELD or me and Operations Black and Blue to come on and share the details of the Washington, D.C. protest. So... Uh, we and it is an open forum, so we will go along those lines. And so, Donna, I guess uh, we'll just uh, hop in and get rolling, don't you think? Yeah, I guess we could just take a break. I just got to uh, uh, have a lot of people sending me messages on Facebook. But anyway, um, yeah, I guess we could go to break and then come back and uh, and get it going. All right, we will do that, and I will try to go through the list of the callers here and get your names on there and we will set everything up so hang tight and we will be right back to get the ball rolling you're listening to ask the trucker live with alan smith on blog talk radio don't go anywhere alan and donna will be right back Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. It is open forum on Ask the Trucker Live. The main uh, thing we are talking about tonight are, is the uh, controversy over the ELDs. Are you for it? Are you against it? What's it take? And specifically, the uh, Washington, D.C. protest coming up Tuesday, this Tuesday, by two major Facebook groups, the Operations Black and Blue group and the ELD or ME group. It is open forum. Feel free to call in if you want to uh, Donna, what's the deal? If they want to call in, they press one. Well, yes. If you want, if you'd like to be a part of the show, press one on your keypad, and uh, a little alarm will come up on my dashboard, and I'll know you'll want to speak. Um, now, Scott Reed is uh, with the ELD or Me group, and uh, and Black and Blue, I think. Huh? The Black and Blue group. I think he's in both groups. I'm not sure, but oh, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, let me see. I've got some hands coming up here. Uh, Scott Reed, ELD or Me Group, and we have uh, Scott Jordan. Uh, with, okay, let me go to uh, 
we will, I tell you what, I'm going to open up, Scott Jordan, I'm going to open up your mic as well, because it is open forum. Feel free to jump in when you like. Uh, it's open. And let's go to Scott Reed, who is with the ELD or Me Group. And uh, hey, Scott, welcome to the show. Appreciate you calling in. How's everything going for you? Which Scott do you want, Scott Reed or Scott Jordan? Scott Reed. Oh, hold on. Okay. It didn't. It didn't. Uh, didn't. There we go. Scott Reed. Okay, your mic's open now. Scott Reed. Yeah, we got two Scotts here. So, Scott Reed. Uh, can you again, hear me welcome now? to the show. Yeah, we can hear you. How you doing? Well, we're doing about as good as a fella can be good, I guess. All right. So doing? tell us. Uh, Let's jump in on this uh, Washington, D.C. thing. Tell us about the group, uh, when you're going to be there. Is a place to meet, just in- information. Uh, what's it all about? What's going on? Well, uh, we got both of our groups going to Washington. Uh, I'll speak for ELD or me, and then Scott Jordan can speak for B&B, black and blue. Uh, okay. You know, we're going down there, and uh, we're going to protest at the White House and various other points, uh, kind of. We're kind of we can't exactly tell you exactly where yet because a lot of it's going to depend on how many drivers show up uh, right. as to where we utilize the people. Um, but sounds the way things are going, the feedback it's looking pretty good. Uh, but we're going down there and we're going to protest there at the White House and different spots around the Capitol there. And then we're going to be escorting drivers, getting them up there to the hill and. I've got a seven-page uh, fact sheet, so to speak, talking points. Uh, we're going to give a copy of that to them, and we're going to send them to their representative uh, to speak with them and let them know how they feel about it. And even if they don't have time, they can at least leave the page behind so that somebody can read it. Um, and we're just going to draw as much attention as we possibly can to this. Well, let me ask you, first of all, good evening, and um, I welcome both Scott Reed and Scott Jordan. Um, uh, We're pretty excited looking at all this tonight. I happen to have your printout in front of me that you put out uh, on Facebook, Uh and it Uh says that they're going to be meeting at the Doswell Truck Stop uh, in Doswell, Virginia. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. That is so that's where you want everybody in your group to meet. Now, we also have a printout of, um, and I'm sure Scott Jordan's going to confirm all this. Um, let me see. I've got so many papers rolling around here. Um, yeah, Scott Jordan, you guys with the black and blue group, uh, y'all are the large trucks are to meet in Hagerstown, Maryland? That's correct. We're going to meet in Hagerstown, Maryland. We have approximately um, seven trucks within a, or seven truck stops within a um, 50 mile location. I picked a central location for everybody to come in and park. I'm currently down in D.C. doing recon right now, and got a, another brother that came up from North Carolina to meet me. He's originally from D.C., so we're mapping out a lot of things that you know we're going to hand off to Scott Reed and Tony down in their group, and then. Um, He's got things they're working on there. So we're kind of working, you know, we realize it's best to collaborate together at, at the end. Um, we're all fighting for the same, you know, exact deal. And um, that's kind of what's going on there. And I'm pretty stoked and pretty excited. We've got a, like Scott said, we've had a greater turnout than we've anticipated. And when we get boots on the ground, then we'll know exactly what we're doing. Well, from what we can see, and if everybody goes, it says they're going, um, 
it looks like it's going to be a huge, uh, huge group going. So, I mean, that's just, you know, what it looks like right now. So it's, it's really pretty um, inspiring to see this. And hats off. Now, the founder of um, Black and Blue is uh, Mike Gunny. Yes, Gunny is um, currently at another rally up in um, Leesport, PA, and he's they're addressing issues there in preparation for coming down. I, I came in and, you know, recon or advance party, if you will, to um, look everything over because things are subject to change from the last time I was in D.C., so you just want to keep up and be current. We don't want to bring trucks down in there and then get them trapped or, you know, get into a situation where we're going to have problems. So our whole thing is just making sure everybody's safe and enjoys this. And also, a lot of truckers, you know, that have never been to D.C., we want them to see also the sites as well as the demonstration. And we're going to just have a loud, fun time and, and just let the people know that we're there. That's what we're going to do. And okay. do it peacefully. That's the big thing. Now, now, Scott Reed, you're the founder of your group, correct? Well... One of. One, okay. Tony, Tony's the one Tony Justice. the me group. We just collaborated together to work together because me being the advocate, Scott Reed, the trucking advocate. So okay. it's a joint effort. Okay, but it's good to know that both of these groups are in unison with the same thoughts. The only thing I got different from... Um, from the black and blue is it looks like I mean you have a whole Alan do you have the um, printout of the Bill of Rights from black and blue it looks like you're more for over regulation in general and a lot more specific things and that you know, and tell me if I'm wrong this is this is just what Alan and I were, were discussing is ELD or me you're more specifically for the ELD itself well, the ELD mandate is the is the hot topic right now. I mean, if if you followed my advocating, you, there's a lot more that I'm addressing than just the ELD. But right now, the ELD right, is right. The hot I'm topic. talking about the and, the um, protest. Yeah, and okay. with what's going on, uh, Brian Bateman's bill HR thirty two eighty two is a very very big issue for us right now. So the I main, thought that the that was uh, stopped. No, HR thirty two eighty two is not stopped. That's a standalone bill that's still gaining co sponsors as we speak. In fact it's got fifty two co sponsors right now, I believe. It's fifty one. Okay. Well, um I uh, thought I read an article maybe a week or two ago and uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but was there some kind of issue that went on where they didn't think it was gonna go through? I heard people saying, Well, at least he tried and all this. What well, what happened with that? Uh, underneath the Appropriations Committee, Budget Committee, uh, they threw an amendment in there for a one-year delay. Um, and oh, okay. that failed by, I think it was 62 votes it failed by. Uh, so okay. our intentions are to go down there and basically, uh, I don't want to say target, that might be a harsh word, but basically we want, we want to go to the people that voted against us in that one because it's a very similar uh, the amendment to the bill. Uh, in the language, so we want to go after them and try to, you know, help them understand that this is a dangerous situation, not only to the the trucker or the American motoring public, it's also a danger to our economy when you combine it with the hours of service, especially. 
Okay. Now, <clears throat> let me ask you, um, Alan and I, Alan, we were looking at that video, and, and Mike um, Gunny was saying everybody should be uh, logging on, um, what is it, Alan, on duty not driving? Right. When you're when you're waiting, log legally, and then see the reaction for the motor carriers. Well, the thing is, uh, can I interrupt on that? Sure, I want sure. you to. <laughs> okay. The thing the thing is, for years and years, like Alan spoke earlier, um, drivers, whether they're an e-hugger or a paper hugger, either way, they've been cheating their logbooks. They've been given away right. free time to the, the carriers. They've been given away free time to the shippers. They've been given away free time to the receivers. So, you know, people that are leased onto my company, they know we don't do anything for free. For mercenaries, we get paid for everything we do. Otherwise, don't call us. We're just not going to do it. We don't move the truck unless you pay us. Now, I want to reiterate what Scott was talking about. The purpose of the prelude bill, if you will, with Brian Babin's bill, is so we would know who was voting against us, and then we could focal put our focus on those other individuals in Congress that we needed to address and say, hey, Here's of the utmost importance, things that you may or, know, may or may not know. We have a national security issue here. We really do. I hired two 15-year-old hackers to hack these ELDs, and we hacked them, and we took a laptop, and we controlled four different brand names of trucks with a laptop. This is wow. a major security issue. Now, I've already addressed members of Congress and members of the Senate and talked to them about this issue, so there is a whole other issue there. So if they choose to avoid this issue and leave us exposed like they did with 911. I don't know about the rest of you all, but I have a real big burn being a veteran about that. And, um, you know, I don't know about the rest of you all, but if those people on the Hill don't listen to that evidence, and it's not just me saying that, the University of Michigan just recently came out with a report, and there is a video on YouTube of two hackers controlling a rig with a laptop wirelessly. So they have exposed us as a nation to great danger because we all know we have enemies foreign and domestic that would love to do nothing more than take these rigs, put them down in the middle of the cities to include the very one I'm standing in right now in BC and just do all kinds of fun with it. We're coming peacefully. Those people, maybe not so much. Now I want to go back to the constitution that Alan discussed earlier. Not only is it a violation of Amendment 4, it's also a violation of Amendment 5 because I own a company, I own the rigs, and Amendment 5, the very last part of Amendment 5, says that the government cannot proclaim eminent domain on my property for public use without just compensation for such. So, so far, I've offered the government to buy my company up to $3.5 million, and every truck that leases onto me, these owner-operators are leasing onto me now, every truck that leases onto me, I'm going to ask for another million dollars. So they have violated my constitutional rights as a property owner, and that's what this nation was founded upon. It was founded upon property ownership. Our founding fathers are rolling around right now in the doggone grave because these idiots, these twits, the people at the ATA took the money and they bought the people at the FMCSA to try to control yeah. the rest of us. And that's and well, pretty much hey, my gist uh, on it. Well, amen to it, Okay. Um, hey, let me let me jump in real quick. We have John Grosvenor with us. He's with the uh, also with the Operations Black and Blue Group. So we'll get uh, so we have on here with us Scott Reed, Scott Jordan, and now John Grosvenor. John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Sounds I can nice. hear you the guys got it covered. 
<laughs> hey, hey, I can hear the passion out of uh, both of the Scots, and we're going to get Scott Reed in here more to uh, also as well. Scott, uh, both Scott, you know, just jump in when you like. Uh, it's open forum. Well, I want to ask a question to to just just like that. See see how Donna jumped over me. You know, so that, that's what we're talking about. That's what open forum's all about. Go ahead. Go ahead, Donna. Well, I want to ask him a question. Yeah. Um, I know you're going to go and uh, you know tell all the uh, Congress people, the reps and the senators, this thing about the hacking, which you know I, I find incredible how easy it is to hack in these things. Um, but can that also, besides just telling them about it, the way OIDA sued them for the uh, Fourth Amendment, the privacy issue, can't this be some kind of a suit? Uh, I already using... have an attorney. I, I'm sorry, I'm going to speak over you there, Donna, but he told me to do it. So here we go. Yes. I already have a yes. law firm in place. We're ready to go to go to court December 19th, depending on however this goes down. We have several options, but I'm trying. I don't want to sue my own government. I'm I'm a patriot, um, a veteran. I don't want to cost our government any more money. We need every dollar for all other things. We don't need to get into a $110 million lawsuit over this deal. So I'd rather, if we could address this politically with a pen, get a two-year delay and sit down and discuss where the problems lie. You know, there's nothing wrong with an EOD if you choose to use it. But there is a problem when it's being forced upon you, and then, you know, the government says, oh, la di da everybody's going to use it. No, wrong answer. Wrong doggone answer. I'm not going to do it. I've already got people at the independent carrier group. What we've all agreed to do is we've said, you know, come December 18th, we're going to take your doggone ticket. We're going to send them into my law firm, and then we're going to file not only an individual lawsuit for my personal property rights, we're going to file a damage lawsuit, a class action lawsuit for all truckers that took a ticket on this behalf because we have until April 1st before they put us out of service. Now, once that damage occurs, then we can sue the government for the damage that they've caused upon us by violating the Constitution of the United States. And once they have violated, and we will not get in trouble for suing the government because it is a constitutional issue. So when I hear this from these truckers out here, these what I call stupor truckers, that want to tell me, and I used to work in the law, I'm getting kind of doggone tired of the stupor trucker telling me that I don't understand the law. I'm going, my God, the government trained me in the law. Right. Well, you know, you're you know, you're always going to get that, and um, I, I mean that's just the way it is. We've been on for ten years now, and you get all kinds of um, arguments and stuff. But uh, most of the time, you know, the people who understand what you're saying, you know, they're a hundred percent there to support you all. Um, let me I, let me ask uh, Scott Reed, and then John, we'll, we'll get with you too. Uh, but Scott Reed, okay. So with uh, with Scott Jordan with the with the uh, Black and Blue group, okay, it's very easy to pick up that the message they are wanting to get across to D.C. is uh, largely due to not stepping on their constitutional rights. Okay, what what is your group, the ELD or me group? What is going to be what is going to be their stance in Washington D.C.? Is it going to focus more on constitutional rights or is it going to focus more on over regulations or what wages or what what's your stance hos anything what's your what's going to be the y'all's take you can't you can't really i mean we're on the same page i mean it's unconstitutional i mean that's i don't know if you see my pdf that i released on the on the thing but the eld mandate 
is unconstitutional. The, the title right on, on my fact sheet is the ELD mandate is unconstitutional and combined with the current hours of service will be dangerous to the economy and the safety of the American trucker and the American public. And, okay, so you know, you're all on the same page. Yeah, we're all I mean, on, we're right. all on the same page. The the hours of service, okay. the pay, you you don't you can't even debate that. You can't even go and negotiate that until you first preserve the Constitution of the United States, not only for we the truckers, but for all citizens. So we are all on the same page. Scott and I have talked about this numerous times, sometimes till two or three o'clock in the morning, about the constitutionality, the violation of it. And Scott did a very good job of writing it and prepping it together. And he put the button together. Gunny put the button together. And so we all just decided to come together for the same cause. And, yes, there's a lot of those other issues, hours of service. Hours of service, if it was, if we had shift flexibility, then, you know, it would make it easier for the poor individuals that are being forced to run the ELDs, the prisoners in a box, as I like to call them. Um, I feel sorry for those drivers that drive for the mega carriers and they push them down to the last minute of the day, that they're running them 11 and 14. I think it's total um, BS. I'm not going to use cuss words here tonight, but in my own forum, I will. And um, But like Scott said, we're both on heavy on the constitutionality. Isn't that right, Scott? Yeah, and if you look at the Fourth Amendment, it states in the electronic surveillance part that wiretapping, bugging, videotaping, geolocation uh, tracking such as, a v, uh, such as via RFID, GPS, or cell site data, data mining, social media mapping, and the monitoring of data uh, and traffic – on the internet mandating that we must put a GPS on our truck without warrant or probable cause by an officer is illegal. Uh, you know, we also have an expectation underneath the fourth amendment to privacy under the fourth amendment. And, you know, OIDA, I mean, and maybe we need to clarify this too. The ELD man, the ELD is not something new. The ELD is a glorified EOBR. It's a, it's an EOBR mm-hmm. with, a, with a, a logging app attached to it, which an EOBR is a glorified AOBR, and we've been fighting this. Uh, uh, truckers alike, and you know, Congress themselves have been fighting this since 1985 when they wanted to try to put an AOBR into a truck. In fact, back in eight, 1985, they actually started putting uh, systems in trucks. And you know, OIDA challenged this on April 15th of 2010, and the final rule in the United States Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, OIDA raised several concerns relating to the driver harassment. And the court vacated the entire final rule of it. And and the court also told FMCSA that they needed to do a study Mm -hmm. about driver harassment. And And they came up with that coercion rule, which is a joke. Yeah, but to this day, they still have not abided by what the court expected them to do to address the issue under a statutory directive. Well, I think they're, they came up with that rule that if anybody harasses you, you've got like how many months and then you have to prove it. And if you read through it, it's like it's like laughable because, I mean, you know, you're driving and now you have to go through this process. It is, it's almost it worse than the DAC report. Because, because well, it's they like directly the, it's like the whistle. did not do what they were told to do. It's like right. the whistleblower act. It's like right. the coercion act, rule. What you yeah. with the coercion rule? What you've got is you got a, the burden of proof is on the driver, exactly. and the, Just and the like driver the... is going to be exposed for having made the complaint to the company he works for. Therefore, there's there's room for retaliation. 
Now, they say the company can't retaliate, but such as uh, – I live in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is a uh, – they can fire you for it. They can tell you you're ugly and they don't want you to work for them anymore and fire you for it. Okay? Same in Florida. So, yeah, I, I grew up in Florida, and they, yeah, it was the same way down there. They uh, So, therefore, what, three months down the road they tell you you're ugly and they don't want you to work for them anymore? And then how do you really? think you got fired because you turned them in? So and then and we all, we all know we've around, had, there's always we've ways had, around it. Yeah, we've had the whistleblower act on the books for years for everybody that works in factories, everybody that works across this country, and we all know the deal. You go in there and you report to a government agency, and then somebody behind the scenes tells you your company, and now you lost your job. It's going to take you three years before you get into a doggone courtroom. And that what are you supposed to do? You've got to put food on the table to feed your family. So these poor drivers over here, while they wrote a law, and what's even worse than that, you all, is after OIDA got you know smacked around and the Supreme Court thing got denied, it was the very next day that the CVSA came out in Overdrive magazine, and they started bragging about these wireless tracking scale systems. We have letters from Secretary Fox, the previous guy at the FMCSA, who he admitted, and he talked about it to the guy that was in charge of uh, the, the lead committee guy on um, transportation. I don't have it on me. I'm down in D.C. right now walking and talking. But here's the deal. They admitted that they're going to establish wireless tracking scales. Now, if that is not, like Scott Reed was saying, a violation of Amendment 4 of the Constitution of the United States, coupled with Amendment 5, also Amendment 5 says we have the right to life, liberty, or property, and it cannot be taken away without, you know, law. Right. That means we have to be tried as individuals, not tried as a collective group, not selected aside and said, oh, we're going to do a social experiment on these truckers. And so they've basically declared occupational discrimination against all of us. That's what they've done to us. They've, they've selected three million truckers. We're a small fraction of the American citizenship, and they have made us their social test pool. And I well, don't know about you, I went through that crap in the Army, and I'm sick and tired of the government playing social experiments and violating the Constitution of the United States while they're doing so. I did not serve well, this country 10 years to have somebody tell me I do not have a right because I chose trucking as a profession. Well, getting well, back to the uh, rolling scale, getting, getting back to the rolling scale is uh, there's a such thing as a ghost driver where they can create a fake identity for a driver. So if you wanted to drive a second shift, with the rolling scale, if they're just checking by electronics that this driver's legal on his log and they're not actually seeing the log, this guy could be driving 16, 17 hours a day because he's two people as one, because he's, he's, got, he's got two identities. They, they don't check that no, when they no, check your they log? Don't, they when, don't when even it comes have to have the effect, ghost driver. They won't driver. even be looking at a log. They, they don't even really have to have the ghost driver either because... You know, uh, these guys that have electronic logs now, and I've got people's logs to prove it, they're, they're, they're extending their 70 to 80, 90, and 100, and 110 hours in a week, and it still looks 100% legal on the electronic log. Well, they, these are all the things, um, you know, that will be brought up, uh, hopefully, <laughs> when you go to Washington and uh yeah donna let me uh let me bring on another caller here we'll just have all the mics open we have cheryl pollard with us and she is going to the event in washington dc and will be representing the real women in trucking organization so uh, we'll have everybody on here cheryl uh 
let me look here down here real quick. Everybody else is listening. So, hey, Cheryl, your your mic's open. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. That's good a good evening, show tonight. Guys. Yes, it is. Howdy. Yes, it is. So, Cheryl, you're going to be going to the event in Washington, D.C. Uh, what's your gripe? Yeah, what's what's your take on all this? What what are you uh, what are y'all planning on doing as well? Well, as real women in trucking, you know, for me personally, I'm representing the women in trucking. Um, I believe that the men are leading this, and they're doing a really well job. Um, basically, I'm going down there to, to support our men, and the men are supporting us women because we are brothers and sisters as one. And I'm just going down there to encourage the men, stand beside them, and know that the women in trucking uh, stand behind them on what this is going on. Personally, I'm an owner-operator myself, and um, I'm against the ELDs. My, um, I don't think it's a good idea. I'm like Scott Reed. This is my truck. I pay for everything on this truck, and I already do keep trucking. You know, I'm I'm running my logs pretty much the way I'm supposed to, just like everybody else is. I'm not going to lie to you, but I don't think that you need to be tracking me and telling me what I can and cannot do in my small business. And I've been following Scott Reed, Tony Justice, Joe Alfredo. All these guys are real good friends of mine, and I back them 100%. And I know a lot of women that are backing them. That And some of the women that I've talked to that I've tried to encourage to come down to Washington are intimidated for one, one reason or another, well, guess what? This old girl ain't intimidated. I'm going to come down there and stand with them men, and I'm going to be seen as well as they are because they got to know on it, down. Ain't just, it, it ain't just the guys fighting. It's the women, too. We just letting, as God says, the men lead us and the women follow them and back them up and encourage them, and that's what I'm doing. And I'm, I know I'm going to be on the front line with these guys because – there's, like I said, there's a lot of women that won't come for one reason or another. I'm coming for you. I'm standing there for all the women in trucking. I hope, I hope oh, I'm on down. We're glad to have because you. Because we, we like fighting women. Yeah, we like <laughs> yeah. Cheryl. Cheryl. I Cheryl. I don't know. You like John, like yes. Cheryl, like John said, first of all, have you stopped over at Harbor Freight and got your uh, megaphone yet? You know, either the small one or the big one, or you get your little 96-cent blue whistle. I'm, I'm on my way. I'm, I'm moving warehouses this week for my company. Okay. But as soon as I'm done with this tonight, I'm going to Walmart. I'm I'm a I'm a little broke, so I'm okay. buying the poster boards. I'm buying the whistles. I'm coming all decked out with my American flags. I'm coming. I'm watching awesome. you guys. I see well, what y'all are doing, and I'm coming. <laughs> just just let you know, you're not you're not the only woman there. John Teller, we got well, a lot of ladies coming over there to hang oh yeah, down, don't oh yeah, we got some fights. And, and they're they're just as pissed off. As a matter of fact, when I was in the army, I had a squad squad of ladies, and um, a guy bet me a hundred dollars, and I said, "I'll take my ladies and I'll smoke your ass." And you know what? We kicked their ass. <laughs> so I believe That's that women right. with the right motivation can kick. My daughter's a drill sergeant in the army, y'all. So that wow. tells you something. She, it just goes right on down the line there. We're, we're, we're a very historical Army family. So I believe that when a woman sets her mind to it and she's strong-minded, she can do just as much as a man. And I believe that all of us truckers working together, that's what we're doing. 
I, I'm thankful that God put us all together at this moment in time. And it takes, you know, we all got different personalities. As you guys can see, I'm an alpha dog, and that's just the way it is. Scott Reed, he's he's tremendous at, you know, writing and everything. John Grubner, he's uh, tremendous at writing. And Cheryl, she's um, worked with both of us on both sides, and she's just been awesome, too. And I'm going to defer and mute my phone again. How's that? And, and, and well, I want to ask no a question. Fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> yeah, well, you don't you don't have to you don't have to mute your phone. But I tell you, one thing is, and for there may be a lot of drivers out there that want to be there but can't be there for whatever reason. I tell you, if this if these anti-trucker wage provisions pass through the FAA and Thud bills. I mean, there's a reason they they split that in to an aviation bill, and I watch I watch aviation bills very closely because I'm a pilot. Why is a trucking provision in an aviation bill? Obviously, they're trying to slip it in. The drivers who can't make it to DC but want to, there's still a way to become active. You just got to raise noise. How do you raise noise? You contact your state representatives and tell them to, to vote no for these provisions, right, Donna? We talked about that. Well, yeah, I mean, that this is like a, a whole – I know it's it's not part of the ELD thing, but this is one of our passions, too, that if these provisions are, are included, and you might want to, you know, just absorb this. Um, if you're going there to, to talk to people, I mean, we're mm-hmm. calling the, the Capitol all the time. I mean – you know, we just don't call our representatives. We just—I've got a list, and I—I I personally just call everybody on that list, and I don't care if they're Republican, Democrat, whatever they are, and I—and I tell them about this this um, provision that's trying to be slipped in. But what would happen is, if it is slipped in, it relieves the motor carriers from ha- for having to pay the drivers or anything more than their cents per mile. In other words, any other work, if you're logged on duty not driving and you're, you know, sitting at a dock waiting forever, you're not going to get, you don't have to get paid for it. Now, that's not to say that the carriers can't pay you if they wanted to. But if you look at that, but they don't have to, right. And that's what this law would say. Accessorial pay. Accessorial pay. I'm sorry? Extra pay for different... Accessorial pay is what it's called. It's extra pay for different services. Right. And what you're saying is they're eliminating that, so they don't have to pay that. So, and, and what's ironic? And they hide it. Facebook today was talking about me, talking about how they're driving us into slavery. Because I, I lined this one. I made this announcement today with Abraham Lincoln, and when he was talking about the uh, uh, emancipation. Um, no, I'm sorry. The uh, address, and he referred to uh, the the Emancipation Proclamation, where he. Uh, he was basically eliminated slavery. Federal uh, eliminating slavery, and here, here he was in 1863, 1862-63, eliminating slavery. And today we have a government that is literally making legislation that is trying to make the average day worker, the average American worker, in a slave-like environment. They're they're slowly legislating us into slavery. Is what they're doing. Absolutely. And then you then then oh. if you put these provisions into boot. Then forget it. Plus the fact that drivers haven't had a pay raise in 30 years. So what you're ma- making 36 cents a mile 30 years ago, a lot of people are still driving for 36 cents a mile. Uh, you know, and I think tell me and Alan, what, we, what we had driver, this. What, go ahead. What a driver is making today 
is about the equivalent of what a driver was making in the mid-1980s. Right. Okay, but without the inflation rate. What a driver should exactly. be making today to keep up with the inflation rate is between ninety dollars and $120,000 a year. Right. We had a show on that. Remember, yeah. Alan? You did yeah. it with Jerry Fritz? Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about that. Exactly. Yeah, 90000 every year. I agree and with that. I make less now than I did back uh, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, now you put a provision in that says they, you don't even have to pay them. Well, you know, they hide it. We're not the only ones. We're not the only ones. Ellen was talking about being a pilot. If you look at what pilots are saying, they're talking about a lot of the same things. I've talked to pilots before. And they're saying the same things. If you go to the FSA Facebook page, you'll see some pilots chiming up there the way we do in the FMCSA Facebook page. They're getting sick and tired of it, too. This is not just a truck driver issue. This is becoming a national issue. Yep. You're absolutely right. Hey, and let that's me get why a, I let told me... Scott Jordan, I told him before, we need a win on this. And the reason why we need a win is we need to show this country that we can actually be effectual as a society, as a people, because we are starting to feel, and the reason why these protests are going on is because we come to a point that we feel that we're not being heard in Washington anymore. They're not listening. We're sick of it. Uh, amen. Well, the ATA only controls 50, uh, they, ATA only represents about 15% of the industry. We need to get them to wake up and realize that the ATA does not speak for the 85% of the industry as well. But they have the money, uh, Scott. That's a lot of it that's, from. That's, there you go. Money is freedom in this world anymore. And if you haven't got the money, you're not free. And this action we're taking right now, the two Scots and myself, is going to prove freedom does exist. When, I believe it. complete this and get this done. We, you know, as you know, passionate as we all are. They're making mandates that shouldn't even be, I mean, I mean, what about the Unfunded Act of 1995? You know, it says in there that any federal mandate that may result in the expenditure of funds by the private sector in excess of $100 million, they can't, the federal government's not supposed to be able to make a mandate like that. And this, is, this mandate's going to cost the private sector of trucking uh, in excess of $2 billion. But but you know what, Scott? They tag the word safety to the end of it, and in okay, actuality, I'm gonna, it's I'm going to step on, I'm gonna step on that safety, one. safety. Yeah. Are you? Go ahead. You know, you know, here's, here's the deal. Second, Scott. Here's Scott. Let me, okay, go ahead, Scott. You do. You go on that. I just, I've been wanting to say this since we started. I just want to get it out there especially now. Uh you know, I, I've been doing a lot of reading in the Federal Register, and that's more reading than I've done since high school. But anyways, according to the Motor Carrier Safety Act of 1984, it says the responsibilities imposed on operators of commercial motor vehicles do not impair their ability to operate the vehicle safely. The physical condition of the operators of commercial motor vehicles is adequate to enable them to operate the vehicle safely and the operation of the commercial motor vehicle does not have a deleterious effect on the physical conditions of the operators. They never did any kind of a study for the hours of service to check how it would affect the health of a driver. And now you're really going to screw with the health of a driver because now you're mandating stress, which is going to increase blood pressure, which is going to increase more bad habits on a driver as far as his health, like being able to eat a decent meal. But you're going to have to – one thing about that is you're going to have to prove the stress. 
a lot of these things, you, you know, you have to prove. Well, let's address safety again for a second. Okay, let's go back to that. Okay, okay I don't then, have to prove then, anything then, on then, that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, just a second. Then, yeah. after we do this, I've got, I've, got, I've got a couple more callers I need to get online. And, okay. uh, but anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. So let's go, let's go with the very name of the FMCSA. It says Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. Yeah, when the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, along with their snake allies of the ATA, slid this thing in, it was not about safety at all. It was about cost savings. They stated it was going to save, what, $3.5 million or billion, whatever the crap is. The study showed that it's going to cost right about you know, $10.5 million or billion per 1 million trucks. And I don't have my report here. Like I said, I'm on the move. I'm looking over D.C. to bring trucks in. But here's the deal. Back there, and John, you remember the deal, they basically destroyed the Interstate Commerce Commission back in 96, 97. So 95, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, 95. That gave back the control of Interstate Commerce to the Department of Commerce. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration has no business at all involved in, you know, commerce. They are supposed to be about Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. That is their very name. That is their very function. And what the hell are they doing talking about cost savings? Because that is not about safety at all. What that is is that's about, you know, everybody's going to make money off of me and my company and the rest of the small companies. And then, you know, oh, they want to level the playing field. Is that what it is? Well, let's answer this. Let's talk about safety. Why in the world does the FMCSA, why are are they not showing the accidents that are going on and the hazmat violations on their own website. Here's why. Because if they did, they would be showing the mega carriers that are in the tune of killing approximately 50 people a year, 50 fatalities a year. I have been in business for myself for seven years and have had multiple drivers drive for me, and we have yet to kill one person. And yet the ATA... Well, they come out here and say that we're the unsafe carriers. Well, that's like being a total hypocrite because they are the unsafe carriers. They are running drivers through a puppy mill because they're subsidized yep. by the government. This is not about safety at all. It's about their bottom dollar, about them being able to make more money, about them having more control over us. And I don't know about the rest of you all, but enough is enough. And this is going all across corporate America, and this is why we have Americans pissed off, and they don't know why they're pissed off, and they're arguing about the wrong things instead of following the damn money trail. When they follow the money trail, they will find that the puppet masters are – we have become a government of we the people that buy the people – we the people that have money buy the people to control the people that don't. That is a sad, pathetic state of events. We have basically become – for better lack of a word, Benito Mussolini said the perfect ideal government for him was fascism. That's when you had corporate America or corporatism marrying up with the government. And that's what we see now. And I cannot believe that it's not just we truckers that are seeing this. I cannot believe that we, the people, don't want our rights back. And that's me. Well, we I'm talk about here. this every and night. I, and, Hold and on, go ahead, Alan. Scott saying, and I know you want to pull on a couple drivers, but real quick. In 2007, Warner stood before Congress and said the ELD has not improved safety, and at the time, they were using ELDs for 11 years at that point, and they said it did not increase. Okay. Did we lose Scott? No, I muted him. I, I, I paused. I paused. No, that's him. Are you I'm talking here. about Scott Reed? They're still up. Let me bring okay. in this caller, and then we, we, we also have uh, Les Willis on the line. I'll grab Les, I'll grab you right out of here. This guy's been holding on for a while, or girl, I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. But 
out of uh, out of the Missouri, uh, out of Missouri, area code four one seven. Thanks for holding. Welcome to the show. Am Thanks, I Alan. <laughs> yeah, you're still Alan, on. I'm I've got a, Everybody is still on. Caller from Missouri, okay, area okay. code four one seven. Welcome to the show. Yeah, Alan, it's Hal. Oh, hey, Hal. Yeah. Been, yeah, I know you've got an opinion Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to say real quick to yeah. Scott and anybody else here that's a veteran, thank you, your brother veterans, and thank you for your service. Um, initially, with the ELD thing, I was kind of up in the air about it. I wasn't sure about it because I'd look at different aspects of it. You know, and I was kind of, to a degree, in favor of the ELDs, only to the point that if a driver does exactly what he's supposed to, according to the regs, there's no problem with the ELD. But on the downside, companies can, and they will, take advantage of the ELD system, and like Scott was saying, they'll hack into it, and they will find a way in order to maneuver things around so that a driver has more time and put and possibly very likely push a driver to do more than he should. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of downsides to the ELDs and myself, it, it, it's come to a point that I've done a turnaround and no, I'm not in favor of the ELD systems at all. Uh, they've been going on for a number of years. Qualcomm started the mess. Well, Werner started the mess with Qualcomm system, and it just blossomed from there. Now you got uh, all these different systems out there that you use for logging, but it also tracks your movement, where you're going, when you're driving, when you're stopped, when you're getting fuel, when you're taking a sleep break. I mean, that's, you know, yeah, that's all kind of an invasion of your own privacy as to what you're doing. And then now they want to put camera systems facing in to watch the driver. Of course, those systems are supposed supposedly they only go off when there's an incident that happens and it and it takes a recording for about uh, 15, 20 seconds prior to when you have that incident up until it all stops. Right. Uh, but how much could they be hacked into as well? And the company sit there saying. Oh, gee, you've been yakking on the phone all this time. You need to hang it up, you know, or you're doing this or you're doing that. Well, stay out of my truck. I don't want that. Well, you know, uh, and, and I know everybody everybody listening and, and on the show tonight knows this already, but for anybody who, who is on and they don't know this, first of all, the, um, the EOBRs were put on – for the companies, for the mega carriers who were in violation a lot. It was a punishment, actually. Yep. And, yep. and now, uh, in order to level the playing field, uh, they, they fought to make sure that everybody had one. Of course, they said it in the name of safety. What I find incredible was I was on Facebook today, and I wish I could remember the congressman that said this, but the guy actually said when he told them about the ELD and, and, you know, they're unconstitutional and this and that, according to this driver, the uh, congressman said, well, there had to be a way to level the playing field. So, what, first of all, what business is it 
for a senator or a representative to be in the business of leveling a playing field. Number two is where did they hear that kind of lingo? Well, okay. that is, uh, that, corporate, that's corporate America's <laughs> lingo for exactly. We're going to take that's everything, and, and I'm from I'm from Missouri, so just like the other gentleman being from Missouri, let me tell you a little history about Missourians. Back after the Civil War, our state was majorly screwed because the railroads and the banks wanted to just rape and pillage and plunder us. So we had a, a guy that's like a distant blood cousin of mine. His name was Jesse James. You all remember that? And you know what? He decided that enough was enough and that, you know, these guys wanted to level the playing field and snatch all Missourians' land. So I'm from Missouri, so they want to play level the playing field. We'll be playing chess. That's what we're going to do. And, you know, right now we're just putting it out there on the table. This is us bringing the storm. And when you bring a storm, there's a little bit of thunder. There's a little bit of lightning. We're just grabbing your attention. But if we have to go to the next level, we're going to bring the hurricane. If we have to go to the next level, we're going to bring the tsunami. If the tsunami doesn't get it, then, hey, it's time for a full-blown declaration of independence, and now we take back what's rightfully ours, freedom with integrity, freedom of choice, and we reclaim the United States of America against the enemies that are domestic. This is the problem, folks. They're not listening to us. They're supposed to work for us, doggone it. We pay taxes. They are not our bosses. It's we the people. This is a nation that was established for we the people. That is just plain and simple. I don't know how the rest of you all feel, but that one just irks the crap out of me that the politicians can be bought and paid for and the bureaucrats sit there and do not have any experience in the field whatsoever. So what I have proposed is that we start setting up committees, oversight committees, that are from the field, not just here in the FMCSA, but all of the alphabet soup. And I'm tired of the president sitting there not being able to make things happen because he's the one that said he was going to make America great again. Wrong answer. We are going to make America great again. We need to stand up, rise to the occasion, and we American citizens need to say enough is enough. Not just truckers have had enough, but we the citizens have had enough. And this is our country, doggone it. It's not theirs. Okay. It's ours. Yeah, well, let's by Donald Trump by saying let's make America great. Okay. Okay, let me let me get uh, let me get Les Willis in here, and at the top of the hour at seven o'clock, Desiree Wood of uh, the founder of Real Women and Trucking is going to join us, and she's going to announce the winners of the NASCAR uh, contest. She going home, so we're just a couple minutes uh, away from that. And uh, but let's get up. Okay, we lost Scott Jordan. He'll call back. I'll keep my eye open. Uh, but let's get Les Willis in here just for a few minutes here, and then we'll take a break for the NASCAR winner announcement. And But anyway, Les, uh, your mic's open. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Alan. How's everybody doing this evening? Sounds like we got doing a good, good debate going on. Oh, great everybody show. Is, uh, pretty, pretty well hyped up about everything. Um, it's pretty steamy, isn't it, I Les? You can, you can hear the passion. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good show. Uh, it, it's great. It's great. Um, I love the passion. Love the passion. The one thing, uh, one of the callers uh, coming in, and I believe the guy is with Operation Black and Blue. And is Scott? Is that Scott? Reed yeah, that's the uh, Scott, Scott. Scott Jordan, and he just he just he just dropped off. I'm waiting for him to come back on. And also, John Grossberger is with us, and he's also with Black and Blue. All right. The one question that I have, and I always like to play devil's advocate because I really like to see and understand the position of where these gentlemen stand. 
If you can explain the difference between the UCMJ and the ICC, the Interstate Commerce Clause, and the UCMJ. That's one thing that I would like for them to address. Okay. The other thing that I would – go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The other thing that I would like to happen is, or is, I would, Alan, I would like for you to speak as we have found, me and you and other people, as well as Donald as Donna, is can you see the correlation between the ELD and the the Denim Amendment? Can you can you draw can you draw a line and say this is the way the ATA's plan is actually coming together? I mean it's almost just it's not just black and white. I mean it's a color photo. But so, that that was the fo- the the article he wrote uh the last article. That's exactly the point you were making. It was part of the plan with the denim right. amendment and I mean it was all like step 1, step 2, step 3. Okay, if we do this, then we have to make sure this happens or else we end up having to pay this. So it was all in a pain, pain. I remember somebody on Facebook said, you guys are conspiracy theorists, you know? Yeah, they were wanting to put installing speed limiters, and then they were going to offset that because they wanted to increase in, in tonnage as well as length of trailers. It, it, wasn't that kind of yeah. interesting? Um Anyway, yeah. if we need to go to break, we can, and we'll wait. Uh, I'm sure Desiree yeah, has some stuff. Just hold uh, on a second. A Don't go out. anywhere, everybody. Yeah, yeah that'll be a, that'll be a good that'll be a that'll be a good stopping point, and then when we come back. John can answer that, and uh, let me get Desiree on here. It is a little just yeah, 701. We did pretty good. She wants to announce so. Well, explain and the explain and announce the winners of the NASCAR. And we have a winner too, Alan. And we have a winner of NASCAR too. And uh, Donna, I'll just turn that over to you and Desiree there. But Desiree, welcome to the show. What what is Hi. going on with the winners of NASCAR? How's it going? Hi. How are you guys? Great show. Good. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, great. Because I'm I'm in Mississippi. So, um, well, it's a great show, and I'm learning a lot, and. I'm really glad that Cheryl is going to, um, you know, came on and talked about um, this, that, you know, she had yep, told we, me I about it. I still have it. her mic um, open. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, and I I, um, I strongly support uh, peaceful um, unity and going and speaking out on this issue. And, um, I really am against it, uh, especially for the owner-operators and the company drivers. A lot of them, they don't even know um, how. Uh, they don't know any. They don't know any different. So um, I know a lot of them do get pushed to that last minute. So I'm, I'm just really thrilled to see everybody coming together and doing this. Um, and I, and uh, with regards to the NASCAR thing, though, at Gats, we have this camp out in the desert. We have planned for November. 11th it's a veterans day weekend so if you've ever had to take a load to california and then got to arizona and realized that nobody's going to be open on monday and you go to california and you have nowhere to park and you can't idle out there and you don't have an apu your solution is to hang around phoenix and a lot of drivers hang around phoenix not realizing veterans day is nascar weekend in phoenix and they always have lots of free truck parking there, and you could go hang out at the raceway and 
even if you don't want to buy a ticket, it's very fun to camp out with everyone that's there. So we planned this event for Veterans Day in Phoenix, and we gave away some VIP passes. We're having a hospitality chalet on Sunday in the Corporate Village, and you will get a a pre-race pit pass, so you'll get to go down in the pits up close and personal in the pits and the pre-race ceremonies you'll have access to. So um, there's 40 VIP passes available, and what the VIP experience includes is a Saturday and Sunday race day seat, the Sunday pre-race pit pass, and then the Sunday Hospitality Chalet VIP access I just spoke about, which has the pre-race party with food, drinks, giveaways, and pit road opportunities. So we, you guys gave away one, and we right. gave away three during GATS. So we have contacted, we drew three winners. One of them we have not been able to get a hold of. We've left her two messages, but we did pull two alternate names, so I won't announce um, the alternates until we find it, give her more of a chance to respond. But I'll just let you know that our three winners are Bar- Barbara Odom, Mary Lou Roy, which is the one that we cannot get a hold of right now. So, Mary Lou, if you're listening and she works for Night Transportation, please call me. I left you a message. And Jeff Ogren, who is works for Uber Freight. <laughs> and he's going to oh. come. He's really excited. So, um, um, we'll have cool. more information on that. And um, we're going to have a lot of fun out there. We're also going to have a photographer who's doing a book on women truckers. She's going to do women trucker portraits. So if you're a lady trucker and you want to get your picture taken with your truck and you don't want to go to the race and you just want to come hang out and camp, as I said, free truck parking. The truck parking is abundant. Um, let me know. I'll connect you to the photographer. Set up your appointment in advance. She will be there from Wednesday to Sunday or Monday, but she's pre-booking. And um, let's, uh, we'll see you out there. Have fun. But what about what about now? People listening, and they want to um, either just—I guess you can just go and get a what a grandstand type ticket. I don't know how it works because I've never been to NASCAR. But if they want the VIP experience that you just uh, just yeah, if they want the VIP. Experience with our with our exclusive um, access, you can go to our website, and you'll see in the center it says Lady Trucker Event, and you mouse down, and you will see our scheduled events for the for the race. Also on our Facebook, it's pinned to the top. You'll see a picture. And you, of you give your website here. and Facebook. Real Women in Trucking dot O R G and on Facebook Real Women in Trucking and you will see the event is pinned to the top with the face of Dale Earnhardt Jr. And if you don't know this is his final year racing. He is retiring and it is the second to the last race. So, you know, if you you won't be able to see him um, race again. And finally, I want to say one other thing. Well, let me stay on the NASCAR thing. If you want to just come and you just want to buy a ticket to NASCAR, you can do that, free free parking, and and just go get your ticket. Yes, that's fine. 
Um, if you want to pay for the VIP pass on our website, there's a PayPal link. It will lead you to the PayPal, and you can pay through there. Or you can email me if you're having problems with it. It's fine. But as related to um, the ELD conversation, I just got this information two days ago. I posted it in the Truck Parking Coalition page. But I want to announce it here because truck parking is related to um, the ELD and the, the push for time and the 14-hour rule. There will be a web conference of the Truck Parking Coalition on October 19th, that's a Thursday, from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. All are welcome. I will be putting the link up soon when I get it for the web conference so that you can participate. Uh, any of you that part participated in earlier Truck Parking Coalition meetings, you know that we had some work groups. We came up with some initiatives. We're going to talk about some of the projects that have occurred since those meetings and things that we've been working on and new ideas. Um, so I want everybody to know about that. Okay, okay great. And now I want to announce our winner and our runner-up, okay, in case uh, the winner doesn't claim. I'll get in touch with, uh, with him. But um, uh, Joshua Morris was the random winner from our contest and Les Willis is the alternate alternate. So um anyway we'll get to uh you know we'll notify we'll notify Joshua and if he can't make it then um I guess we can notify Les Willis on the show tonight because he's hanging on the end. Yeah I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um okay that's real uh, check it out if you are interested in the NASCAR. And Desiree, let me ask you, if they just happen to go to NASCAR that weekend, I mean, is there always room for a truck? How much is a regular ticket just to go to NASCAR? I mean, just to stand, sit in the stands? It depends on where you sit, but I think it's like between 50 to 75. I think it could even go up from there. But to have a decent seat, I think that's a, a range. You know, and it's so huge, your VIP, huh? Yeah. The, the VIP package that we have, our seats are good seats. I, I wanted the best seats possible for ours, but I couldn't really give you numbers yet. But we had the choice to pick um, semi-good seats and really good seats. And we, we picked some pretty good in our in our package. So, so you can either pay um, 50 or 100 and sit in the stands. You still get free parking. Or you could get the VIP package, and that's like with food and pit passes and all kinds of for, goodies. Yeah, yeah. it's on this. It's for the Sunday, uh, big day Sunday, because the there's race events that go on. You know, Thursday, people are camping out there from Wednesday to, like, Monday, Tuesday. They, there's like an ocean of people that travel with NASCAR in their RVs that will be there before the race racers get there and after they leave. So there's lots of fun to have um, during that time. Uh, but our tickets are for the Saturday races and the Sunday races. You, If you don't want to do the VIP experience and you just want to come on Sunday and go to the Sunday race, you could just buy your ticket separately on the Internet 
and you can just park for free in the truck parking area. There is abundant parking, and um, it's right by the tram. There's a tram service that's right close to the truck parking area that'll take you all the way into the raceway, and um, but you won't be able to do the um, the pre-race. You won't be able to go down in the pit if you won't be able to come to our hospitality party. So. Um, but if that's the way, you know, some people, they have last-minute planning. They're not sure if they can participate, um, so forth, or they're just going to be passing through, and they just want to, like, stop by. Yes. You, you okay. So we we have a um, we have it on our Facebook page also. So um, we'll post it again after the show in case anybody listening uh, wants to look at that site. We'll just put the link up there. Okay, well, congratulations to all the winners. And um, you're not announcing your um, alternates yet, but, um, you know, hopefully Mary Mary will will call in and, and get her ticket. Yes, if Mary Lou doesn't call and claim her her ticket, then we will be announcing the alternates in uh, about a week, two weeks. I'm going to say a week because I want to give the pe- person a chance to plan. Okay. Okay. Hey, sounds good. Um, uh, congratulations to all the winners. Uh, Desiree's always doing something, I tell you. She's always got something going on out there. Um, all right. Thanks, Desiree. Really appreciate it. Back to... Uh, let me get people up here. I had some background noise, so I was closing some mics here. But all the mics are still open now. <laughs> okay, I think the background noise may be coming from Cheryl there. It could uh, be coming uh, from me because I'm on the road. And Roll your window up, out. driver. I could roll it all the way down. Well, welcome to Kansas and, and, and Freightliners. <laughs> Yeah, I oh, couldn't really well, determine. there's your problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, oh I man. I to say something else with the ELD thing and what the ATA is trying to push through. Don, Donna, with, when you get uh, a chance, get get Les back on there, and he can reiterate his question to John. Okay. All right, go ahead. Yeah. All right, go so, ahead, Hal. Anyways, the ELD thing, if drivers, you know, there's, there's, I've seen on several Facebook pages where guys are saying, oh, it's conspiracy junk and everything else, you know, and trying to make things sound like they're not what we're trying to tell people. Uh, my response is that, to that is wait until that conspiracy slaps you in the face. But I mean, with that, combine that with what the ATA is trying to do by dressing up the Denim Amendment as – a meal and rest break uh, problem. When all this stuff kicks in, if it does, unless drivers take an active role, call their state representatives and and turn around and tell them, no, you know, do not support these bills in the thud of the FAA. If they don't take an active role and push the subject to get their reps to uh, remove this stuff and keep it removed for good, the ATA is going to keep on pushing it. Uh, even And they've even stated that even if it has to go to a standalone bill that they push for, then they're going to keep doing it, and we're going to be the ones that, get, that suffer from it. 
Uh, well, we have to just cover... keep pounding them. Yeah, yeah, we got to. We got to, and that's the only way it's going to get beat. Uh, and this... The ATA thinks that, you know, the small number of truckers is the ones that's held them up. Well, no, it wasn't a small number of truckers that, that uh, beat it down uh, in, what was it, 2015? Uh, or last year when uh, they tried to push it through in the Surface Transportation Acts and the FAAA Act. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I mean, they were caught red-handed, and they had some senators and congressmen that said, uh, no, this has nothing, you know, the, the, uh, it had nothing to do with federal aviation, for one, and they were able to see where... It was also detrimental to truckers in the surface. Well, the whole thing, the whole thing, uh, Hal, is like it, it's in stages. They had to do the the ELD, so they oh, yeah. fought yeah. to have they fought to have everybody have to have an ELD. Then they realized, well, the ELD is going to keep track of all time, including all the waiting time, right? Well, yep. let's have yep. another law that says, hey, we don't have to pay you for all your waiting time. It doesn't matter if you log off duty, on duty, not driving, you know, whatever you're, 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 you're logging, we are not legally obligated. Can we? Yes, if we want to, but, you know, yeah. they won't have to. So it's, it's yeah. all, a, you know, and, they, and the lobbyists have the money, and um, as we know, I mean, it's no secret. You know, people get paid off. They donate to their campaigns, hundred, a thousand, two hundred thousand, whatever it is. And then, how would that congressman know to say to that driver, "Well, we had to level the playing field somehow." I mean, can you imagine yeah. a congressman <laughs> saying that? Four thousand, twelve thousand dollars per representative. Yeah. Um, yep. And the ATA's got the money. You know, they may only represent a small percentage of the transportation industry, you know, and that industry not being the drivers, but being the companies, you know, the shippers, receivers, and the trucking companies, but they've got enough money that they're going to, they're, they're throwing it around, and they're going to throw it hard and fast in order and to try and get same. things done the way they want, and the driver, That's... if he doesn't pay attention, is going to end up suffering in the end run, and like, I've been in this industry for 30 years started out turning wrenches i've done uh it used to be fhwsa uh before it was cvsa and i was doing the inspections and done dispatch and training and then the majority of my time driving but to me my big point on this is is a driver the denim amendment thing the driver deserves to be paid and should be paid for every hour that he's on that truck Right. And uh, Pat Hockaday made a good point one time. You should be paid from the moment you step into that truck at your house to the moment you return. You know, granted, they may not pay you 25 bucks an hour when you're sleeping in your truck, but you're away from home. You're not in your, right. you're well, not it's your, a, at a, your home. You're not at a hotel. You are in your truck. You are responsible for that rig. You're responsible for everything that goes on with it and around it. That's right. And you should be paid for your time. Uh, too many companies, they want you to, like, I heard, I just happened to catch Alan when I first called in to listen, and he made the right point. Uh, 
in that companies want you to log off duty not driving while you're sitting there waiting at a shipper. You should be logging on duty not driving online for I mean when hey if you run out of if you run out of your seventy hours, well, sorry, but you had me sitting at a shipper or receiver, I'm waiting to get unloaded. I'm on duty. By every legal aspect, I'm on duty. And I should be paid for that time. And I, the other Scott, uh, he talked about his company, his drivers, his company. If you're going to haul, if you're going to call us to haul a load, you pay us for the time we have to sit there waiting to get loaded or unloaded, or you don't bother to call us at all. Shippers and receivers should be making that pay. They should be paying for that detention time. Oh, I you know absolutely, and I mean, time. but people people just log it differently so they save hours because they only so get paid. I mean, just like drive. what Alan said in the beginning of the show, they know they're only going to get paid yep. for their miles, so they try to yep. save their miles. In the meantime, who's the one that's benefiting? The company, yeah. not you. Yep. You're giving yeah, away free. Go ahead. They cut their own throats doing it. What they're doing. They do. The companies aren't and standing they up you, against the ELDs. Yeah. They're not standing up for drivers. The companies don't give a crap about the drivers. They just want what they can get out of the drivers. That's the bottom line. And the drivers turn around, cut their own throats because they're going to conserve all the hours they can that benefits the company. When if they would just log off on duty, not driving the whole time, they would burn through their hours. The truck that the company's paying for wouldn't be utilized 100%. The company would get upset. Then they would turn to the federal government, look at them, and go, "You got to fix this for us." Right. You know, Les, the your line is open. I'm just letting you know. And if yeah, you went by I'll the DOT regulations to begin with, if you went by the DOT regulations to begin with, then when you even when you pull on your company yard, if you're there waiting for a load, even if, even though you might end up going to sleep right there in a truck, you're on the yard. You're on company property. You're on company time. You log on duty, not driving. Yeah. You know, now a lot of guys will sit there and throw their hands up near. All oh, you can't do that is yes, you can. Yes, you mm-hmm. can. You can burn out your 14-hour day and just go to your 10 hours off duty in the sleeper. But you got to do it that way. But as yeah. long yeah, as you're exactly. on that company property, as long as you're at a shipper receiver, so long as you're doing work. It, You've got to show on duty, not driving. Any time you're at their the disposal, time. Scott, any time you're at their disposal, if you're waiting on them for anything at all, if you're waiting on the truck to come out of the shop and you're at their disposal, you can't just walk away and say, hey, I'm going to walk not the two miles and go have lunch. You're at their disposal. Yep, Therefore, you are on duty, not driving. Yep. I, but you can't explain that. They're so, like, Alan, what do you, what'd you call it, Alan? Logical they brainwashing or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so, social conditioning. Oh, is that well, what he it called is. it? All right. I can't, I can't remember. I but I'm saying it's a form of social conditioning. When you get people to perform in a manner in which it benefits you or is good for you or to think in a way that that is beneficial to you, you're conditioning them to think so. It, it goes along yep. with um, people that complain about pledge allegiance, you know, having your kids pledge allegiance to the flag. They're conditioning your kid to be patriotic. Right. Uh, you know, you shouldn't have to do that. It should come naturally. If you really believe in this country, you love this country, and really appreciate mm-hmm. your freedoms, that, that will come naturally. But to force them to have to do it, then you're brainwashing them or, or socially conditioned. Oh, I remember doing that when I was a kid, you know, uh, pledging allegiance. I mean, I don't think it's a bad thing myself. Um, but, you know, things 
things are now we're getting in a whole nother uh whole nother right. area. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. hey Les, are you still hanging in there? Yeah, I'm still here. You had a question. What was it? Yeah, just to, yeah, just let me um expand on um Hal's uh comments. Until we change the HHG, until we change FLSA, nothing's going to change. Those are the two yep. issues that will bring about the change that's needed for a driver to be paid all time. Until that happens, hmm. it's going to be the way it is. So <clears throat> Jeff Clark actually had a, a good article about that, my good friend Jeff Clark. So if you guys uh, look him up, uh, he's got a good article about the HHG and FLSA. Wasn't well, uh, it a video? Question. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was a video that he that he put up. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was hey, real you know, good. Back to the E L D me. Yeah, you're welcome, Hal. The E L D or me and the black and blue operation black and blue. Um my question was uh to one of the representatives from one of the various groups. Can you explain the difference between the UCMJ and the ICC? And what rights do you actually give up when both of those entities fall under different types of regulation? So the Constitution says that the Congress has the ability to regulate interstate commerce. How do you get around that? The federal government has the UCMJ that regulates the military. How do you get around those dis- those distinctions? Um, and then the other one was is that the ELD is a 24-7 on, um, so it's out, always on. It's on 24-7, and it tracks the truck. It does not track the driver. If you were to look at the European market and the tachographs that they actually use, everyone has a smart card. So you log in with your card, and it identifies the time to each driver. The other thing that I was going to mention is is everybody's talking about getting online for as far as the on duty the on duty time. If the FS, FLSA was changed to where a driver was paid for all time, you would be amazed at how many drivers would be logging on the on duty not driving time. All of this crap would go away. It's a pay mm-hmm. issue. That's the that's the bottom line. It's a pay issue. If they were getting paid, if FLSA come in and they mandated that a driver must be paid while they're there, at the they can only do the federal minimum wage. But now you inject this into the marketplace, and now it becomes a competitive advantage for different companies, just like the ELD. If the federal government would have said, okay, or the customers would have come in and told their carriers, if you install this ELD, we will give you this much tonnage of this much freight. And if you don't have an ELD, we can't use you. How many people would actually go out and install an ELD into their units? Well, it would all depend on how many of the customers or the customer base in the United States adopted that rule themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm against the, I am against the mandate of an ELD. I'm not, I'm not against an ELD. I'll make that very clear. I'm against the mandate. Right. The other part of the mandate or the ELD and what it tracks is it's on 24 hours a day. My truck that I own 
does not operate in interstate commerce 24-7 every 365 days a year. There are times with my company that we actually take our units and we go out and we haul freight for feed the children. So we will actually go out and pick this up. We're offering, we're in service to a 501c3 company, but the ELD is tracking our every move. So now it becomes a Fourth Amendment issue. No doubt about it. You can't get around it. That's just the way it is. Uh, right, and that's what Scott and Scott were. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing that I would like for the caller, uh, one of the callers to do, and he seemed uh, pretty uh, versed in, in his speaking, explain the difference between the Fourth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment. What? How do you? Because both of them denote um, the. Um, uh, and I can't remember what I was going to say. But both of them denote the same thing. It's just in a different way. The Fourth Amendment is on the criminal side of things, I believe, and the Fourteenth Amendment is on due process. I think the Fourth Amendment is a due process, and the Fourteenth Amendment, and I can't remember. I, I don't have a word for it. But People protection under the law. Compare the Fifth and the Fourteenth. Yeah. Yes. But they both okay, say the so, same thing. Okay, so we we lost Scott Jordan. He hasn't been able to get back on. He might have just dropped oh. off or out of range or anything. We have okay. we we have John. John's with Operations Black and Blue. We have Scott Reed with ELD or me. And so John, you want to respond first, and then Scott will get you up. Uh, I'm not. I'm that's not a quite lot. Sure, certain what the question is, to be honest with that's, you. That's 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 a lot to respond about to. Yeah, that was. It was quite a bit of going around there. Is there anything else he wanted to add to it? <laughs> Scott, um, do you have a response for him? You can. You go ahead, man. If you I'm let you go him. first, I'm still trying to absorb it. How, how about yeah, the yeah. first one? What? How about well, the first one? Can you? Talking, can he, about, he was talking about interstate commerce, and, and if it, we were listening to Scott Jordan earlier, he had commented that the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration has nothing to do with commerce. They're a regulatory agency for laws. Right. So they're regulating the trucking industry. Therefore, what, is it, what involvement do they have to do with interstate commerce in the first place? But they're at the direction of the USDOT. So the secretary, the Department of Transportation secretary, gives the authority to FMCSA. And, and the Department of hey, Transportation has involvement with uh, interstate commerce? I mean, as far as the, controlling commerce? I believe so. Yes, they have the authorities. What you're saying, I'm. This is uh, probably a little bit above me. Uh, Scott Jordan would have been the perfect person to have in here. <laughs> he would have been the perfect guy. Um, right. I'm not sure what you meant by with the well, uh, with the military. The Fourteenth Amendment. DMJ. Yeah, the the Fourteenth Amendment though has to do with. Um, Deny you can't deny to any person within jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws, and that has to do with naturally born or naturalized. Um, I, I don't see the correlation. The is an extension of the fifth. Okay. But but at any right, when you think about it, what we're talking about here. We're talking about our constitutional right, and you have a right to privacy. You have a right to to your property, and. Uh, well, you have a right to not self-incriminate. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, and under the Fourth Amendment, we're not actually. supposed to be under electronic and surveillance. Your, your other it was constitutional my, values yeah. do not supersede those rights. 
Those are individual <laughs> rights. Those are personal rights. Those aren't just there – are, there are other things built into the Constitution, but your Bill of Rights are your personal rights and freedoms as a natural-born person. You understand what I'm saying? And they're protected. Well, well absolutely. But I'm just understanding any laws or mandates to go against. Yeah, I misspoke. I said the Fourth Amendment. I meant the Fifth. So the Fifth and the Fourteenth are basically the same thing. One is on the criminal side, and the one is on a uh, or, or or the due process side, and one is is on your rights as a citizen. So. <clears throat> Okay, they're just so one expanded spoke, on the other. On well, the, four, yeah. the 14th Amendment came about after slavery, and what that was is, is to protect people, for, again, from being enslaved, which which is ironic because here today we deal with human trafficking, which, whether you realize it or not, the FMCSA gets $580 million in 2016 to enforce laws against honest, hardworking, taxpaying citizens that are truck drivers. While yet we have slavery going on in the United States, uh, that should be protected under the 14th Amendment. What does our United States government give to, to fight that? $68.7 million a year, and only $20 million stays in the United States. You know, I have that, a question. That, the other thing that I was going to say is, I don't know, uh, Donna, if you've seen the piece I put up, um, denoting the uh, Commercial Motor Vehicle Safety Enhancement Act that was tied to Map, map 21. No, Alan, did actually, you? It, it, no, huh? If you were actually, if you were actually to read um, the um, wording in um, the CMBSEA and the ELD requirements, you would actually see and be able to identify the dereliction of duty by the secretary. You would also be able to identify the overreach by the federal government of what an ELD tracks. So the ELD is much more than a record of duty status. So you can identify it as a federal overreach by the federal government. And Congress says this is what you must do, and you must do it within one year, right? So self-certification, oh, we must have run out of time. Why are you going to make me put in a piece of equipment that could cost me money in fines and not certify that and give me an assurance that that damn thing is going to pass the uh, litmus test by the inspecting officer on a roadside inspection? Why can't you give me that? Why can't you give me that? The the big issue here, though, is that I think maybe we're tiptoeing around. I don't know. You're putting a GPS on personal property. You're putting a GPS on a truck. Yeah, you might say it's tracking the truck, but, you know, if you look at court cases that have already happened involving GPS and vehicles, it's illegal without warrant to put a GPS tracker on a vehicle or personal effects, and the yes, court that's stood with, by that decision with, without obtaining a a warrant from a a bench warrant from a sitting judge. I understand that Scotus uh, Scotus ruled on that in 2012. So yeah, as far they as ruled the GPS on track, 2000 and 2015. I mean, you got the, uh, Dale right. Grady versus North Carolina. That in a unanimous right. decision, the justices affirmed that. If a government attaches a GPS tracker to you, your vehicle, or any of your personal effects, it counts as a search and is therefore covered by the Fourth Amendment. 
Yeah, but um, you have, to, you another, have to buy your ELD. <laughs> well, there's another, another thing, another though. The government ain't going to buy it for you. <laughs> another issue with this law, too, is we're forgetting about the eight pieces of documentation to support the ELD. Eight pieces of documentation means you need a timestamp piece of documentation to prove that you've been where you were. Now, how are you going to come up with eight pieces of documentation a day? Therefore, you're going to have to take your receipts when you go eat. You go buy your medicine. You have to keep that receipt. Everything you purchase is going to be available for an officer to look at. He probably doesn't care about what you ate or, or what, what, what medicines you had to purchase for your illness or whatever. But the fact of the matter is you're surrendering personal information that is personal to you. You may not want to have to do that. You may not want him to know these things. You may not. You well, know, that isn't. Well, and then now you're talking about another thing too, because it also says that we have to carry a paper backup log. And yeah. when you carry a paper backup log, are we going to get into an issue of, okay, your ELD goes down, and you're trying. Let's say, okay, I'm a, a single owner operator. I'm not allowed to be the administrator of my own ELD. I have to pay somebody else to be my babysitter. And then on top of that, what happens if I'm driving down the road, my ELD decides to take a crap, or maybe I'm out in the middle of uh, nowhere where there's no uh, good signal, and my ELD is not working at that moment. I can't download the data. Now he's going to tell me I need to have paper backup to show him what my uh, previous seven days was. Are we going to get an issue of double logging now? Because the ELD logs by the minute. A paper log runs in quarters. Mm-hmm. So now are we going to run into an issue of somebody wanting to be a jerk and saying, okay, now we've got a falsification of log? Well, they're saying yeah, you're supposed to have access to it on the Internet, but like you said, you, you can't reach it. You can't reach it. Now, how do you how – do you, and then you've got to have, what, a printer in your truck to print it out because it's got to be printed, right? Oh, right. I, I think the, the the manual entry on, on a paper log in the 15-minute increment, um, I I can't see that because you could log it uh, in six minutes or five minutes or ten or ten minutes. You don't have to actually log it in a 15-minute increment. You you, so you, you could actually make it the remarks in. section. Yeah, so you could actually log it in six. You could log six minutes if you wanted to. It doesn't. It's just easier to go to the next line and go up and then explain what what happened uh, below. But okay, you and I can figure that out. What about the other three and a half million plus drivers? (laughs) Another well, another issue, Scott. What you were talking about is you and I know how to operate a paper log because we've been trained. We've used them for so long. However, what happens when this new to the industry driver starts today and he's on ELDs? And a couple of years from now, his electronic device goes down, and they say, that's okay, just use your paper log for eight days. He's going to look at you and go, what do I do with it? You know, he's going to look at it with, with eyes crossed. He's not going to know how to operate the paper log because he's not using it. He's out yep, of practice. And, and he's never used one before. Well, I'll back that because my stepson uh, started out on ELDs. And one day he, he changed jobs. And all of a sudden, it's paper logs. And he's calling me saying, well, what do I do? You know, he had no clue. And I've run across other people that have, you know, like, people that used to use paper logs went to ELDs. And then when the ELD system failed on them, they're wondering, well, they're scratching their heads trying to remember how the heck to do a paper log. Yeah, they got out of practice. And, and yeah, you know, the, the, the electronics, they go down all the time, Okay. My yep. pen may run out of ink, but I can grab another pen. I have plenty. 
the paper and the pen don't run out, right? They don't they don't just break down on me and leave me stranded. And some people get stressed with computers. You know, I know sometimes my, my computer glitches. It does what it does. I get mad at it. I can get up and walk away from it right now. And it's no big deal. I'll go do something else. I'll go work on the car or whatever. When you're in a truck and they put a computer in front of you, you are strapped to that computer. When it glitches, and I've used electronic logs. I've been using them in recent past, running, doing local work. These things glitch all the time. They're a pain in the butt. They're aggravating. And when they don't work, you're stuck with it. You're stressed because you can't get the thing to work. I'm literally wanting to put my fist through the screen. It's irritating. It just adds more stress to a guy's job. Now, if I had a piece of paper, I could have already been made my entry and been gone down the road, and I had not, and I had a second thought about it. Well, and I appreciate just like everybody, everybody with... talking tonight because we're having a little technical difficulty right here. So thanks, everybody, for keeping this uh, conversation. Alan's lost his phone totally, so I'm going to kind of share um, share with him mine now. But I just want to bring one last thing with oh. everybody. Are you okay? Is it working? Um, I'm still on. I'm still on here, but we'll have to. Uh, we'll have to end it here in a minute. But I just want to say that most people feel, and this is from a lot of messages we're getting on Facebook now. So we're trying to do the switchboard and the and the social media at the same time. But people are saying it's not. The ELV, it's the hours of service. And, Alan, I don't know if you're still with me here, but we were talking about this before. Um, people didn't care about hours of service before because they could fudge their logs. So, But now it's the ELD um, enforcing the hours of service is why all of a sudden uh, hours of service is the issue now. Now, um, I mean, that's just a fact. So what do you do about the hours of service? What 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 can you do? Change them? Hello? Okay. Uh, Did we lose okay. everybody? <laughs> no, okay. We're going to have to leave it there. We've got this problem, but we're going we we've got the solution coming, but we're 18 minutes here. Can you still hear me, Donna? I can hear you. I don't know if everybody oh. else can hear us. Yeah, if you can hear me, they can. So anyway, sorry, everybody, but we'll have to shut it off. We've got some uh, new batteries coming from the phone, but we're just 18 minutes. But, hey, listen, Scott Reed, uh, Cheryl, John, Hal, Les, everybody, hey, we appreciate you calling in, being a part of this show. Good luck with the uh, mandate protest in Washington, D.C., drive safe, and uh, we will do this again. Well, maybe we can do a catch-up show and see how it all went, but we do appreciate it. And catch us next time here on Ask the Trucker Live. We will be back. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, BlogTalkRadio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.
ancient prairies, Rocky Mountain Heights, fade off into the distance like ghost riders in the sky. Black smoke and white wine, steel horses side by side. It's more than just a living, y'all. Hell, it's our way of life. We're the last of the cowboys, giddy up, gone, boys. Eighteen wheels off the concrete, it's a slow and dying breed. Rolling like Jesse James, a modern day outlaw game. If you're out here riding with me, come on back and make some noise. We're the last of the cowboys. Family tradition, diesel's running through our veins. Daddy showed us the roads, we were born in the fast lane. Branded by our heroes, taught to saddle up and move. We keep this country rolling, we're damn proud of what we do. We're the last of the cowboys, giddy up, gone boys. Eighteen wheels on the concrete, it's slowing down free. Rolling like Jesse James. Oh, boy. 